Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. When you have a fly that lands in your your glass of wine. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here in New York City. One of the most amazing things about New York City is Broadway. Last night I saw Jagged Little Pill, the Alanis Morissette new musical out, and it is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Elizabeth Stanley, um, I wouldn't call her a good friend. I'd call her an acquaintance. She's, uh, she's Mary Jane. She's the lead, MJ. And, uh, it was just, it was, it was just tremendous. It was just absolutely tremendous. And if you're a big Alanis Morissette fan and you know her music, well, then you're going to enjoy the show because, uh, we're going to be coming in and out of breaks with a lot of Alanis Morissette today because the show is just off the charts. Um, I love Broadway. I love shows and I would absolutely put this in my top three. I would absolutely put this in my top three. So, um, Welcome in. Again, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. A lot to get to, a lot of hot topics. JP from Brooklyn is already on board. He wants to talk about Mason Rudolph and uh, all that has developed with Miles Garrett and his accusations of racial slurs that took place before, of course, Michael Garrett, Miles Garrett decided to, uh, to, to take a helmet to the head of Mason Rudolph. Uh, to break down the show for you, Dan Graciano is going to join us uh, in about 25 minutes. He's going to pop on with us around 1230. We'll get his thoughts on Miles Garrett. By the way, uh, news this week, his suspension upheld. So what does that mean? He's going to be suspended for the remainder of the season, and then he's going to have to reapply uh, to try to get back into the league in 2020. As I said earlier, when uh, when this incident happened, I said that uh, I felt that Miles Garrett not only should be suspended for the remainder of this season, but also into next season. I feel Miles Garrett should be suspended for an entire calendar year. Um, maybe that sounds a little extreme to people, and we talked about this, if if you recall, when I was on last week, and that is, I, I think I think a lot of people, I, I think the fact that, and as gruesome as as gory and as gross as this sounds, I, I think. A, I think Mason Rudolph is so fortunate that where the helmet came down on his skull uh, caused no damage, no blood, no cuts. no. But I think if it would have been gory, if I think, you know, his skull would have been cracked open, if we would have seen blood, I, I, I do believe that there's people out there that would agree with me. But because the – what took place and and the outcome of it not being so horrifically affected – uh, I, I think there are a number of people now that are like, oh, even just not being able to play the remainder of the season is 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 harsh. Maybe I'm 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 being too harsh. Uh, I just I, I don't think that. Here's the thing. I don't think that his and I don't want to call it a sentence. I don't I don't think that his suspension should be less because the outcome of the act wasn't worse. 
Does that make sense? Did I just make sense? By the way, we've got Kyrie and Nikki working the show on the opposite side of the glass. 800-919-3776 is the phone number. That's how you get on board. So Dan Graciano will jump on board. We'll talk about Miles Garrett. Also, apparently, reports out there that Colin Kaepernick is going to put together a second workout, a second audition in around the owners' meetings so that if in, if in, if if some of the owners want to attend, it'll be convenient for them because one of the knocks with him – canceling his workout at the Atlanta Falcons facility is that where he did schedule the workout was a whole hour away, a whole 60 minutes away from the Falcons facility. Was that a big reason why there were about 24 to 28 teams that sent scouts there um, to watch him at the Atlanta Falcons facility? But I think what from what I understand, only like seven or eight made the trip an hour away to go watch him at the high school that he had the workout in. Was it the distance that was the problem? I don't know about you. I'll travel three hours to go watch and see a player that I think is going to help my football team. So we'll we'll get some insight from Dan Graziano. Is there a workout part two for Colin Kaepernick coming anytime soon? Um, also, we will dive in. Obviously, a lot of talk with the Giants getting ready to take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, some big question marks heading into that game about Mitchell Trubisky. Was he going to play? Was he not? Was he benched? Here's the, here's the bigger question. Was he really benched last week because of a hip pointer? Or was he really just benched last week because the dude just stinks? Well, he's going to start against the Giants. Does that help the Giants? We'll find out. I'll ask Dan Graziano. I think it just might. And the Jets and the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders, boy, uh, what a surprise team this season. I didn't think the Oakland Raiders were going to be able to, to, to win four games this season. And now there's a chance they're competing with the Kansas City Chiefs to win the division um, let alone get in as a wild card in the playoffs. And they are a hot team. And even though they are traveling across the country, this is a team that actually has... Do you know that the Oakland Raiders already were heading into week 12 of the NFL season? Do you know the Oakland Raiders have already traveled more than any... than than Not any. The Oakland Raiders have already traveled after 12 weeks into the NFL season more than half the NFL teams will the entire season. They have already spanned the globe already in their travels this year. And when when you read up on them or you, you speak to people who cover the team, uh, that much travel, the unity that has been developed, that's a really healthy team. You might feel that they may have already peaked. That's not good. Maybe they peaked a little too soon. Who knows? But I was just listening to R.J. Bell with Dave Rothenberg RJ feels that if that line is three and a half, the Jets plus three and a half, that, uh, that, that is a good play. There are not, it's not just RJ Bell. There's a number of, um, handicappers out there who like the Jets this week against Oakland. Very interesting. So we're going to dive into that game, the Jets game, the Giants game with Cynthia Freeland. I just got to go look at it. As always. What was that, Kyrie? What's going on over there, dude? <laughs> Um, with Cynthia Freeland. She's a Saturday staple here on 98.7 ESPN. She's going to be joining us at 1.30 this afternoon. That's Appointment Radio. Um, and, of course, Warren Sharp, another best in the business when it comes to analytics, who's going to be joining us at 2.15. So we'll break down these games. Hopefully we'll try to get you uh, up to speed where you can win some money. But I do want to start the show uh, more so with Miles Garrett, his suspension being upheld, his accusations that Mason Rudolph uttered a racial slur, which I guess catapulted 
Miles Garrett's decision, if one was thinking at that point in time, I don't know how if you take a helmet and you try to bash somebody's skull in. I, I don't I don't quite get it. But Miles Garrett has a statement in regard to the NFL's decision to upheld the suspension for the remainder of the season and still some question marks whether or not he'll be able to return in 2020. Um, and also Mason Garrett's uh, Mason Garrett, Mason Rudolph's agent and attorney released a statement. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I know the version of me. Well, uh, what Miles and I talked about is like between Miles and I. You know, I'm sure Miles presented uh, himself professionally like he's done ever since the, uh, the moment it happened afterwards. Uh, he's been nothing but professional in his responses. Uh, I can't really comment on the arbitrator's decision with respect to his decision on whatever he decides. And I'm sure Miles, uh, I know Miles presented himself professionally uh, to the arbitrator in, in the hearing. And uh, I stand by Miles and and that's not going to waver. So he didn't tell you that Rudolph said that to him? I'm not going to say anything about what Miles and I talked about. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. That was uh, Freddie Kitchens talking to the media after the arbitrator upheld the Miles Garrett suspension. Again, and really kind of the bombshell that dropped this week was Miles Garrett uh, communicating to the arbitrator, which, by the way, uh, apparently, from what I understand, those weren't for public consumption. I'm going to read a statement from Miles Garrett in just a second. But the question mark is, what? why didn't Miles Garrett communicate that earlier? Here's Damian Woody. If these allegations were to be true, I would have spilled the tea right after the game in the locker room. Why sit on something that explosive if you're Miles Garrett? You know you're going to get backlash from everyone in the media. So if you're going to defend yourself, the best time to have done that would have been in the locker room immediately after the game. Absolutely. Could not agree with with Damian Woody more. Here's Michael Golick Jr. We all saw the incident. We said, that's too far. We saw Marquise Pouncey respond, and we said, that response is understandable given the stimulus. Like Marquise Pouncey going over there and starting to beat up on Miles Garrett because of what he saw him do to his quarterback, in all of our minds was something we looked at and said, oh yeah, that's understandable. We knew he was going to get suspended yes. because it's not excusable, but we saw it happen. That was That's essentially what's at stake here. With Miles Garrett, because if this were to be true, and if you have a racial slur hurled at you, all of a sudden we would start to look at that call and response in the same way and say, well, you're still going to get suspended because at the end of the day, that action is not something that we can have happening on a football field. Correct. But we would at least look at the source and say, well, that's a lot more understandable because of that. So here's the thing. Miles Garrett's statement, if you haven't heard this yet, quote unquote, I was assured that the hearing was space that afforded the opportunity to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension. This was not meant for public dissemination, nor was it a convenient attempt to justify my actions or restore my image in the eyes of those I disappointed. I know, I know what I heard, whether my opponent's comment was born out of frustration or ignorance, I cannot say. But his actions do not excuse my lack of restraint in the moment. And I truly regret the impact this has had on the league, the Browns, and our devoted fans. So this is the statement from Miles Garrett. Now, this is from Younger and Associates. Uh, this is uh, This is Mason Rudolph's attorney with a statement. 
According to ESPN, in his appeal, Miles Garrett falsely asserted that Mason Rudolph uttered a racial slur towards him. Prior to swinging a helmet at Mason's uncovered head in a desperate attempt to... Um, to resolve his his suspension, this is a lie. This false allegation has never was never asserted by Garrett in the aftermath of the game. Never suggested prior to the hearing, and absent in the apology published by the Browns and adopted by Garrett. The malicious use of this wild and unfounded allegation is an assault on Mason's integrity, which is far worse than the physical assault witnessed. That is the law firm representing Mason Rudolph. Here's the thing. Mason Rudolph did not get any suspensions, which, by the way, I disagree with because he he absolutely we've all watched that video time and time and time and time again. He absolutely added fuel to the fire. There's no denying that. But to come out here, let me rewind. I'm with I'm with Damian Woody. I question a whether or not. A racial slur was uttered because if I am, if I am Miles Garrett, I'm going to communicate that immediately after it happened. Now, Nikki, you said we have a soundbite up here. It says Miles Garrett did Mason say something. Now, you said this is was this right after the game? It was right after the game. Okay, I'm going to play this. I haven't heard this yet. I just got to go look at it. No, I'm not going not gonna to comment on it. No. What, are you kidding me? Right there. If you're, if that's, that's, that's Miles Garrett being interviewed right after the game. That's, if, if I have a quarterback that, I'm an African American defensive lineman and I have a Caucasian quarterback who, who, who utters a racial slur to me and therefore I, I, I behave and I act the way that Miles Garrett did, I, I'm gonna state my case right there and right then. Right there and right then. That's when Miles Garrett should have said, a racial, he, he called me X, Y, and Z. That's when it should have happened. Not behind closed doors where, and I'll, I'll read this again. I was assured that the hearing was a space that, that afforded the opportunity to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension, not meant for the public to hear. Why? This is, here's the thing with Miles Garrett. This isn't just, this is beyond a, a, a season suspension. Let's be honest. This is Miles Garrett. This is Miles Garrett's. This is his his legacy, right? Like, in, in my, like we will forever ten years from now. Oh yeah. Oh my. Oh, you remember remember when he took off his helmet and he tried to bash in Mason Rudolph's head? Ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years from now, and Garrett will probably get into the Hall of Fame. He'll probably get into uh, Canton. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But this incident will forever follow him and his legacy for the remainder of his career. The remainder of his career. That is the time for you to communicate what happened, what drove you to do that. And not, and not to sit here and say that he wouldn't, he wouldn't have gotten a suspension or that, um, or, or that the incident wouldn't look as bad. But I think that there would be more understanding in regard to the motivation of what led him to get to that that level of pure rage? Because that's really what it was. It was just pure, uncontrollable rage. So I question the honesty in it, to be quite frank. Not because of who Miles Garrett is, but because of the timing of it all. So that's first and foremost. Now, this is out there, and I can understand why the Mason Rudolph camp is coming so strong 
to defend him and to deny that this happened because same thing holds true for, for, for Mason Rudolph. You don't want to go down as a racist quarterback in the NFL. You don't want to go down as a racist period in life. So, so this whole situation now, now we're on a whole nother level of discussion because now we're talking legacy for two young, young players who very well, Mason Rudolph could be the face and, and the quarterback of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next 10 to 15 years. And Miles Garrett very well could go down as one of the best defensive line linemen to ever play in the NFL. And we're talking about their legacy now. We're talking about them as human beings. It's serious. 800-919-3776. Let's go to your calls. Uh, let's go to JP in Brooklyn. JP, you're up. Hey, Nita. Thanks for having me. Good afternoon. Hey, and we, we are standing on, on two different sides. And especially now that I heard um, the video, uh, um, the, the tape that you played of Mal Garrett being axed, um, uh, uh, did his comments uh, about did he say something? He, and he just immediately said, "Hey, you know, I'm not going to make any comment on it." This generation, I work with young adults, you know, uh, and these guys, they are so big on snitching. They do not do that now. The way he responded, I heard a lot of the young men who I work with in his response. You know, I'm not going to say nothing. I believe a statement was said. The magic word was said. I agree he should be suspended, but not for the entire season until the NFL get to the bottom of everything. Because if you get to the bottom of everything... Yeah, but the NFL, JP, the, the NFL has done... The, the NFL tried to get down to the bottom of it. They did their due diligence. They asked players. They even went into the... From what I understand, they went into the Cleveland Browns locker room and asked Cleveland Brown players if, if they were in the know about a racial slur. And even Cleveland Brown players said no. This is the first we're hearing of it. That's another thing. I'm not sure how many people out there you're 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 on a team. Your teammates, my if 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 that ha- my teammates are going to know what the heck Mason Rudolph said to me. That's going to um, elevate my level of anger to the point where I'm going to take off a helmet and try to bash somebody's brain in with it. Let's go to Nick in Yorktown. Nick, you're up. Hey Anita, thank you for taking my call. Welcome. I just. I just want to say that this whole thing with Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett, it's just striking me as too much of a similarity with what happened earlier in the spring when Ron Darling put out his book and said Lenny Dykstra hurled racial slurs at oil cam boy back in 86. And it's, you know, why would you wait so long to bring it up? Like with Miles Garrett, yes, you bring it up after the game happens until as many people as you feel comfortable telling, like your teammates, because your teammates are going to say, dude, why did you take off his helmet and try to bash his brains in? And you're just not going to say, well, I heard him call me something racist. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, especially for uh, Nick. Thank you for the phone call, especially for his teammates uh, to tell the NFL in their investigation that this is the first that they're hearing of it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I had no choice but to hear you. You stayed 
pleaded your case time and again. Anita Marks with you, dedicating the show to uh, Alanis Morissette and Jagged Little Pills. Saw it on Broadway last night. Top three. If you have an opportunity, you like Broadway. It's 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 a it's a must see. It's really 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 phenomenal. Um, huge shout out to Elizabeth Stanley who plays MJ. She's the lead, and Lauren Patton uh, is absolutely tremendous. She pretty much stole the show with her "You Ought to Know" performance. Which I, and do you guys? So by the way, Nikki and, and Kyrie they're working the show on the opposite side of the glass. Guys, do you like? Are you really big into musicals? I, you know, Broadway's a thing for people. Like, I get it. Like. You know, I've met people who live in New York City who, like, can't stand Broadway. I, maybe because I'm from Florida, I'm from Miami, I just freaking love Broadway. I love shows. I love going to shows. I love going to a show at night. I love musicals, um, but since I just moved here earlier this year, I haven't actually seen a Broadway show, but I'm dying to go see some. It's just, it's such an, it's such an experience, especially when you go and you, you know, you, you go with, with somebody you really care about and, you know, you have that experience with somebody you love or you care about. But beyond that, um, I've never been in a musical where right in the middle of the show, after a performance, the entire show comes to a screeching halt and everybody stands up for a standing ovation in the middle of a perform, in the middle of a play, in the middle of a musical and stands up for a, a standing ovation for one performer's performance. And that's what happened last night. That's it was just incredible. It was. It was an incredible experience. It was very moving. Anyway, uh, back to sports. Stay tuned. Uh, 6.30 o'clock, 6.30 p.m. tonight for the ChevyOffers.com New York Rangers pregame show brought to you by your local Chevy dealers. Check out their award-winning lineup and find your closest dealer at ChevyOffers.com. 800-919-3776. We just heard from Dan Graziano. A number of people want to chime in on what's going on with Miles Garrett and the NFL and uh, but keep in mind, we have our second hour that's kicking off soon. Cynthia Freeland joins us at 1.30, and I promise, second hour, I do want to dive into the Giants and the Jets matchup. Like I said, I, I shared with Dan Graziano, um, because of the fact that I'm, I'm a degenerate myself and I'm in that gambling world professionally, uh, a number of handicappers are all over the Jets, winning outright. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and we're talking about a team that very well is going to make it to the playoffs, and that's the Oakland Raiders. Let's go to... Uh, Let's go to E in the Bronx. E, you're up. Hey, Anita. Thank, thanks for taking the call. I just, I just wanted to say one thing, um, and, and that is that as a man of color in this country, I know how difficult it is to come forward. And here, here's my concern that I don't hear anyone uh, on the air talking about that, how difficult it might have been for Mr. Garrett uh, to come forward, especially in this climate, especially the NFL Dealing with Kaepernick, I, it's it's tricky, and so I'm I'm concerned that no one's giving him that benefit. If he did it, go after the other guy. This guy shouldn't have done what he did, etc. I'm I'm not. I'm just saying, no one is considering the fact that a black man is coming forward and how difficult that is. And so, as someone who's crossed this country uh, many times, I, I can tell you, uh, I've been followed in stores. And what do I do? Do I do I go to the, to the manager and speak to the manager? And I, I can go on. There's so many examples. You know, I, I know you understand where I'm coming from. I'm just saying that I don't think anyone is taking into account how difficult in a difficult situation during this climate in our here's, country. Here's the thing, E. For and a black man to come forward. That's here, it. Here's okay. the th- Thank you for the call. E, don't go anywhere. Okay, I'm here. Don't go anywhere. I just I want to share something with you. So uh, I, I lived in New Orleans for 
three years. And uh, I lived in New Orleans. I moved there uh, for a relationship and I was dating an African-American man. Um, we He owned, we owned a, a coffee shop in the French Quarter. It was phenomenal three years of my life. Um, but whenever we would drive home to Florida to visit my family, we would have to fill the tank up of gas before we left Louisiana because there was no way that we would stop for gas going through certain states until we got to Destin, Florida. So we made sure that we tapped the gas all the way up because we were terrified to stop in certain states until we got to Destin, Florida. That was our destination to, to, to get more gas. So, E, I just share that story with you to say, no, I, I, I don't walk in your shoes. Um, I'm a Caucasian woman, but I, but I, I have, I, I have experienced, I've been a part of, uh, what you go through on a, a, a day in and night out basis. And I, and I, and I do understand, but here's the thing, E. Miles Garrett, you, you can't come, with all due respect, you can't compare a professional athlete, especially Miles Garrett, um, to, to us. To us. It's different. You know, he, he's, he, he, I always say this. Professional athletes live in a to- totally different universe. A totally different, they, they experience life in a totally different way than us. Because they're professional athletes. And for whatever reason, we as sports fans, uh, put athletes on pedestals that go way above, in my opinion, what I think other other professions should be on pedestals. But we don't because we just – especially if, if you love sport as much as I do, uh, it's what we do. Um, so I, I – E, with all due respect, I understand your point. I respect your point. I, I just think in the world that Miles Garrett lives in, um, I, I think he could have said something and and I think I think – I think it's about the timing of when he said he shared this information. I think it's more about the timing than it is about he's an African-American professional football player. Let's go to Trevor in Brooklyn. Trevor, you're up. Anita, what's up? Um, all right. Well, uh, to start with uh, the beginning of that, that whole play, I, you know, I keep hearing the notion that uh, Rudolph is, was trying to rip Garrett's uh, helmet off and kicking him in the groin and this and that. I didn't see that at all. The game was over. It was, what, 10 seconds left when they, when they snapped the ball. He throws the ball. It's a late hit, and he's still trying to drag him down to the ground. And it's a 14-point game. The game's obviously over. And you were a quarterback sports. What would you be thinking at that, at that moment? Why the hell is this guy aggressively trying to take me down, A, late, and B, the game is over? And I, it looked like he's just trying to get him the hell off of him. You know, and then uh, I think Miles Garrett in the end, if he if if Rudolph would have said that, you don't think, don't you think that he would have been on the field irate after the fact, letting people know this is what he said, this is why I did that to 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 you know to try to uh, you know to explain himself. No, he left the field and that was it. So so and Trevor, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. You know, here's the thing. Um, and, and I, I said this when this first came out that I, I truly believe that the Cleveland Browns and their coaching staff have to be held accountable here. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 
you. Hour two, the Anita Mark Show here on 98.7 ESPN. I want to remind you, uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Woodside Club, an exclusive members-only country club in Muttontown, New York, now offering special new membership rates for the 2020 season. For more information and to schedule a tour, make sure you visit woodsideclub.com. Cynthia Freeland will be joining us in 30 minutes. That's appointment radio, always with some great picks and also some fantasy football advice. I want to remind you, tomorrow morning, bright and early, uh, early bird gets the uh, fantasy football win and I'm on from six, seven to eight a.m. Uh, for a fantasy forecast here at 98.7 ESPN. And, uh, Chris Canty joins me in studio from eight to 11 with New York game day, breaking down both games as well as the landscape in around the NFL as we're getting closer and closer to the postseason. What teams, um, are in it to, uh, to really try to win it and what teams more than likely will not make it to the postseason. We'll dive into all of that. Also want to remind you, as soon as I'm done today at 3 o'clock, uh, Scott Seidenberg comes your way at 3 o'clock, and he's coming to you live from Top Golf in Edison, New Jersey. So uh, great. This is, this is the, you know, it's it, let's be honest. It's, for me, I know not for a lot of people, People, I, some folks out there like to play golf looking like the Michelin man. I, I Not me, okay? If I have to play golf in layers, I'm not playing golf. But this is a great time of year to go out and uh, and and play it like the in indoor facilities, light top, top golf, and it's so much fun. Not sure if you guys have been there yet, but it is an absolute blast. And so Scott will be broadcasting live from there in Edison, New Jersey, at three o'clock. So if you want to pop out there and tee it up, play some golf, and say hello to Scott, by all means, you should do that. So let's continue with your calls. Let's go to Benjamin in Jersey. Benjamin, you're up. Uh, hey, what's up, Anita? Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, so last week, uh, really two weeks ago, Amari Cooper had been like on recent fire, but then last week you see Dak goes off for 400-something yards, and Cooper only gets 30 yards, and so what do you think about this week? If yeah, he Benjamin, here's the, thing, here's the thing with Cooper. I, I think I think he's dealing with both a knee and an ankle situation and so he's just he's not getting he's not getting that burst off the line he's not getting the separation and one thing one thing about Dak Prescott is in order for him to trust his receivers and throw the ball his receivers need to create separation that was the big deal when Des Bryant was no longer when they decided to move on from Des Bryant. Tony Romo's the, there, there's two style of quarterbacks, right? There's, there's quarterbacks who will throw a ball up even though, uh, wide receiver is covered because they, they have the utmost confidence that their wide receiver is going to go up and get the ball. And so they don't have a problem doing that. And Romo didn't, but Dak Prescott doesn't. Dak Prescott doesn't feel comfortable throwing a ball to a receiver who's covered. So if Amari Cooper is not getting the, the, is not getting the, like he's not getting away and, and not getting that separation from opposing DBs, he's not going to get as much target share. And I think he's really injured. So in a long wind answer, um, if you have other options than Amari Cooper, I would roll with them, Ben. Okay. What about one more, Vance McDonald or Darren Waller? Oh, I love Waller. Okay. I, I absolutely love Waller. And actually, stay tuned to the show. Like I said, coming up, I'm going to share with you some uh, some information, uh, little nuggets uh, pertaining to the Giants and the Jets matchup. And uh, and I've got a good one on Waller. But yes, I would absolutely play Waller. He's just been an absolute stud. How about this? How amazing is this? Do you know that Waller was a tight end for the Ravens? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we'll trade him. We don't need him. Uh, marinating that for a second. Mark Andrews, who is their starting tight end, unbelievable. What, top three, top five tight end in the NFL this season? Most targeted of any pass catcher with the Ravens this season. 
And they have Hurst, tight end, Hayden Hurst, who they draft in the first round, who's who's been injured. So we really haven't gotten a really good taste of Hayden Hurst yet in the NFL. And they had Waller. They're just they're they're like they're like tight end organization that they were they sent to the Oakland Raiders. And Waller is top three, top five this season. Really unbelievable. Let's go to Casey. Casey, welcome in. Hi, how's it going, Anita? Good afternoon. Hey, um, so I just had a question. Um, I'm in I'm in first place in my fantasy league, and Tom Brady is uh, not doing as well as I hoped he did, as I, I was as I would hope. Um, I got Ryan Tannehill on my bench, and the rest of the quarterbacks in the league aren't too great. Do you have? Do you think you, I should give up on Brady? Do you have? All right, I'm going to ask you. Do you have Jeff Driscoll? Is he available? He is available. I would play Driscoll over Brady and Tannehill this week. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. All right, Thank Casey. You. Good luck. Let's go to Paul in Brooklyn. Paul, you up? Hi, Anita. Good Hi. morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Just want to say one thing about that story with your boyfriend tapping out gas. I actually, I've done the same thing on a numerous occasions. Uh, I don't stop in certain states. Yep. Uh, and I'm not African-American, and that just goes to show you. But I do want to comment about the Miles Garrett thing. Um, the guy should have came out and said that, uh, just like your point, he's not like your average Joe. He's not like Paul from Brooklyn. Um, the guy is arguably one of the best defensive ends in the game. His actions now and his words calling Mason Rudolph pretty much a racist, regardless if Mason said it or not. I personally think he didn't say it. Otherwise, I don't think his teammate Pouncey would have came to his defense nor do I think his teammates would stand next to him had they known he's a racist. Uh, this guy's just simply trying to mitigate his livelihood right now because that's what it comes down to, his career, his livelihood, and that paycheck. And you will say and do anything to save your tuchus when it comes to your career, your livelihood, and your paycheck. And please tell me I'm wrong because I want somebody to tell me that. There's situations in the corporate world where, yes, absolutely, minorities don't say anything for the fear of losing their jobs, but this is the NFL, guys. This isn't some Fortune 500 company. These are nationally televised games. And for this guy to come out and say that, and when the facts do come out where Mason really didn't say it, people are still going to look at him as a racist just because Miles implied it. Five years from now, somebody's going to come up to Mason Rudolph and tell him, hey, you're a racist. You called Miles Garrett whatever, whatever, whatever racial slur. Even if the guy never said it, just for the fact that Miles Garrett would use that to try to mitigate it, it's just, it's, it's, it's really disgusting. Paul, thank Honestly, it's disgusting Paul, in society and in just this nation. Paul, thank, you for, the, thank you for the phone call. Um, I, I, I will say this, in, in, in how this whole thing has transpired, and, and I'm on more side, more on the side of Damian Woody, and that is, the fact that Miles Garrett did not communicate this when the incident first happened, number one, is perplexing to me. Number two, again, what we're hearing is that the NFL in their investigation asking both Cleveland Brown and uh, Pittsburgh Steeler players, do they hear racial slur? And the answer that they're getting in both locker rooms is no. This is the first that we've heard of this. And – we had Dan Graziano on not too long ago, and and he mentioned the the Miles Garrett statement 
and I will I will read this for you one more time. I was assured that the hearing was space that afforded the opportunity to speak openly and honestly about the incident that led to my suspension and that it was not meant for public um, dissemination, nor was it conven- a, a convenient attempt to justify my actions or restore my image in the eyes of those I disappointed. So in that, it's, it, it just says to me that Miles Garrett did not think that by him accusing Mason Rudolph would be public consumption or that it would get out, um, which I don't know how you can trust the NFL, especially after the uh, Sam Darnold I'm seeing ghost situation. But just the way that this all has uh, unfolded, I question, I, I question the honesty and I question whether or not Mason Rudolph did say that. And not a knock on Miles Garrett or his character or it, it, it's just the way that this whole thing has, has unfolded leaves me with more questions um, than answers for sure. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN. Come on, Kyrie. You know this song, baby. Come on. Hi. Recommend getting your heart trampled on by anyone. No, Kyrie. All right. Homework assignment for Kyrie tonight. Do you think you you think you could just listen to this album? Living room. Hey, I can listen to it. I don't. I, I like what I'm hearing. I just don't know it. I've never heard it. Swallow it down, jagged little pill. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. Let's go to Rick in Manhattan. Rick, you're up. Hey, Anita. Great to uh, speak with you, and uh, so happy you're talking about jagged little pill. We went there also a few days ago, and uh, as a dog owner, you'll like this story. We, you walk your dog in the city, you never know who you run into. We get to the show, and um, a woman starring it, the one that plays Bella, Catherine Gallagher, turned, I recognized her. So that's a woman we used to walk the dog with. So I was so happy to see her doing well, and I hope the show is a fantastic uh, success, and your, your efforts are hopefully going to make it that way. But I want to I try to analogize some of what you're saying to sports, because I don't know if you saw or if you heard Alan Hahn's interesting um, nugget a few uh, about a week ago about the best sports fans, and he's talking about how the Knicks are the best sports fans in the city because they always show up. And if you go to those games, as opposed to like the Giants and the Jets games, where sometimes it's you know half empty if the team's not doing well, the Knicks it's always sold out. And part of it is you feel like you're at a Broadway show. You feel like unlike some other sports, whether the team is winning or losing, people are there to kind of you know, check out the moves to see the amazing talent on display. And don't get me wrong, Nick fans are, are not happy when the team is losing. But if you sit back there in the garden, you're amazed at the level of fandom there for New Yorkers and the Knicks because they just appreciate that sport. And other sports, you know, whatever it is, if the team's losing, people don't show up that same way. So literally, you go to the garden, I almost feel like I'm at a, a Broadway musical sometimes with the level of fandom, whether they're winning or losing. So it's an interesting analogy. Interesting. I yes, yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I can I can see that, and, and I can definitely relate. By the way, the girl who played Bella, um, she was, from what I understand, because I was reading the program last night, uh, she's the same actress who was in the Netflix series um, You, right? 
I think that is correct. And not only that, her dad, as it turns out, I was looking this up, her dad was on Law & Order. Uh, I forgot what his name's Tom Gallagher or something. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. Really good. <laughs> Way to go, Kyrie. <laughs> um, Rick, thank you so much for the phone call. I appreciate it. An interesting analogy uh, with the play and, of course, uh, um, Nick's fans. Interesting. Uh, let's go to Edward in White Plains. Edward, you're up. Oh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Welcome. Oh, great. So, I mean, I know you've passed it a little while, but the whole Miles Garrett thing, this is my take on it. I watched the game, not the whole game, actually, just towards the end. Um, so I saw the play. So I remember a long time ago, you might remember, this is just a, an odd play, but Matthias uh, Kiwanuka had someone wrapped up for a sack, and he thought he threw the ball away, so he let him go, and he didn't throw. actually hadn't thrown the ball away, and it ended up being a big play. So when I watched that, at first I saw it, and I was like, that's kind of a... But then someone said to me, you know, maybe his head was down and he just brought him to the ground. Because, like, if you're tackling Roethlisberger, right, that guy's not going to go down easy and he might throw up the ball. I know it wasn't Roethlisberger. Um, so then, you know, I, I kind of, this is just my uh, conspiracy theory. I don't buy that there's no audio. Like, every game they have people mic'd up. You know, we've got Dwayne Haskins talking to those guys on the bench. You have a sack in the fourth quarter in a game that's over where it's, like, pin drop quiet. And there's no, and those guys that have the audio things that are always pointing at somebody. So there's no audio of this thing. Unlikely. Now, regardless of what was said, I don't, I don't believe how this could make Miles Garrett mad because you know, it's you know how it is in the sports. Your play does the talking, right? You, you had this game where you roughed the quarter back up. You got a ton of sacks, closed it out. Why would he be so mad anyway? You know what I mean? You could say whatever. You could call me any name you want. I'd be like, look at the scoreboard. Look, you know, look at the situation. So I just think it's all foul. And the guy who bombed, you know, afterwards, someone came from behind and just ran that quarterback down who was on the Browns. Yeah, he got a, so, he got a game suspension as well. Yeah, but like I mean, what I don't get it. Like what that whole situation was. And um, my only question, if you want to kind of answer, is just later on, like um, the Giants, like I'm hoping that this year they, you know, just put it together and string a couple wins through down the stretch. So just let me know what you think about that. Yeah, I guess. but if they do that, Edward, uh, thank you for the phone call, Edward in White Plains. Um, if they do that, here, here's here's what the, and I'll use the word conundrum, uh, is when it comes to both Jets and Giants fans wanting to see um, their teams lose or or win out, right? Like, and, and this is what it comes down to. Number one, if you are Jets and Giants fan and you want to see your teams lose because the result will be a higher draft pick, right? Yay! Right? And there's, there's some, some great, un- unfortunately for both teams, and it seems like both teams are really committed to their quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and, and Daniel Jones. Uh, what's really coming out this year is phenomenal quarterback class. So what does that mean? If you have a top, top draft pick, you'll be able to wheel and deal. Maybe trade down, trade out of a top two, top three, top four, top five pick and trade down and acquire some more draft picks because there are teams out there, a number of them that are going to be desperate for the slew of very talented quarterbacks that are coming out in this year's college draft. So that would be your motivational factor for these teams to lose out. But, and I talk about it all the time. And that is, what is the motivational factor for a team to not lose out and to win and to finish the the, the season strong? Really, more than anything, it, it's it's about it's about the culture that both these young and new coaches, granted, Shermer in his second year, um, Gase in his first year, what what permeates within a locker room, what permeates within a, within an organization, a franchise, a facility, 
and and it's so hard to get out of that losing mentality, especially with if if you've got you know you're you're a new group, you're it's Gettleman and Shermer, it's Joe D and Adam Gase, and what you're trying to impl- implement is a winning culture, winning mentality, and so that's what you're up against. And when you when you look at the and I always use this kind of visualization, right? The scales of justice. And I'm curious, 800-919-3776. And our third hour is going to kick off here in about 45 seconds. And like I said, I've been, I, I do have some really interesting nuggets to share with you pertaining to the Jets and the Giants matchup for tomorrow. And that is if you're looking at the scales of justice, I, and, and I'll throw this question out to both teams and both fans. And that is what, what, what do you weigh more? Is it that you want, you want, you're, you, you're, you want the Giants and the Jets to lose tomorrow and lose out so that they have a higher draft pick? Are you concerned with the culture and that becoming a losing one that, that just thrives within an organization and, and your organization not being able to build off of a strong end of the season? You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I need a marks with you. Hour three here on 98.7 ESPN. I uh, want to remind you, Scott Seidenberg comes your way as soon as I, uh, I take off. Um, he's coming to you live from Top Golf in Edison, New Jersey. So not sure what you're doing. Uh, it is pretty chilly outside. So uh, if you love golf, uh, take your, your game to Top Golf. A lot of fun. And again, uh, Scott will be broadcasting live. Uh, at Top Golf in Edison, New Jersey, here on 98.7 ESPN. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., back on the airwaves with you for Fantasy Forecast, getting you ready for week 12 of your fantasy football season. And uh, then, of course, Chris Canty joins me in studio at 8, 8 to 11, uh, New York game day, getting you ready for both the Giants and the Jets, as well as other games in around the NFL. Like I said, um, I've got some interesting, really good nuggets to share with you. Uh, let's kick it off with the Giants game at the Bears. Uh, Giants getting six, over-under is 40 and a half. Here are some good ones. The Giants have trailed 77% of their offensive snaps so far this season, uh, ahead of only the Bengals. Oof, that is not good. Uh, since Daniel Jones took over the starting spot in Week 3, Giants have turned the ball over 24% of their drives, highest rate in the NFL. No bueno. The Bears are 14th in turnover forced rate. Um, at this point in the season, they were first in the league, by the way. So their defense has definitely taken a big hit this season, that's for sure. The Giants are allowing eight yards per passing play, which is 31st in the NFL. Interesting to see, as we know, uh, Trubisky has been named the starter. Will he have success against the Giants? And um, 22% of David Montgomery, that's the running back for the Chicago Bears, 20% of his carries have gained five or more yards, which is the lowest rate for all 30 players with 100 or more carries on the season. And as we know, the Giants, uh, their defense, not their their, def- their rushy defense is not so great. So we'll see what happens with Montgomery. Saquon Barkley going up against the Bears. Chicago, uh, leaky defense against backs, allowing 103 rushing yards per game over the past six so um, Golden Tate, keep in mind, Sterling Shepard, it was not on the injury report heading into the game. So what does that mean? A lot of people are expecting Sterling Shepard to start. I'm a little perplexed by this because of his uh, concussion issues. But what does that mean for Golden Tate? He uh, he has double-digit points in each of his past five games 
uh, with uh, he's getting a 24 percent target share over that span. But with Sterling Shepard back, expect Golden Tate and his value to drop a little bit. Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Bears. The Giants have allowed 10 touchdowns to opposing lead wideouts. And that's what Allen Robinson is. Tied for the most in the league and are 29th in yards per allowed uh, to lead receivers at 92. So you could expect Allen Robinson to have a big game. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, this is a guy that you want to keep an eye on. Uh, he has 14 targets last week, giving him uh, 29 and 26% of the target share over the past two games. So a guy that uh, has been targeted, obviously, a lot. The Giants have uh, been a defense to target vertically as they've allowed eight touchdowns to throws 15 yards or further downfield, which is 30th ranked 30th in the NFL. And that is Taylor Gabriel's wheelhouse. So Taylor Gabriel, by the way, for all you fantasy football freaks out there, could be a good play in DFS. So just uh, some news and notes in regards to the Giants. Let's take your calls. Let's go to Bob in Jersey. Bob, you're up. Hello. Hi. Um, I want to talk about the Giants. Okay. I've been a Giant fan for 62 years. And, it's a uh, long time, Bob. It's a long time. Well, yeah, I know. Believe me, I know. But I I go back, you know, when you were talking about quarterbacks, I seen when Ben, ben Roethlisberger's first time, he play, he was terrible his first year. Interceptions. And I think the same with Brett Favre. Brett, who was a gunslinger, so I'm happy about Daniel Jones. Not, not that I want to see the interceptions, but his he really has, I think, a basic goodness about him and about the game of football. I just want to know what you think. Yeah, I, I mean, I really Bob, like Bob, Bob, here, here's the th- Bob. Um, you know, I, I. If you don't know, I, I used to be a part of the Giants broadcast team for several years. Yes, I know that. I and, know that. And I, I'm not any longer, so I'm not in the building, so I have not had an opportunity to meet Daniel Jones. But I am still quite friendly with a lot of people who work over there, and I hear nothing but outstanding things about this young man. Outstanding things about who he is as a human. So, um, and 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 here's here's a very interesting discussion that I had with somebody who who covers the team and knows the team very well. And that is, you know, when when the Giants draft a quarterback, you have to take personality into account when drafting a quarterback who plays in New York City. There are certain elements, there are certain characteristics, there are certain things that a quarterback who's going to play in New York City, a box has to be checked, unlike a box for a quarterback who's going to play in Cincinnati or a quarterback who's going to play in Carolina. Or a quarterback who's going to play in Atlanta. New York breeds a certain type of athlete that their personality has to survive, not just the physical attributes. And what value, what value do you put on that when you're deciding on a player? Um, and so keep that in mind. And I, I don't know if that plays more so into how the Giants decide. I mean, look, the personality of, of one Eli Manning is very similar to the personality of that of Daniel Jones. That's for sure. I mean, some people feel that Daniel Jones is the missing fourth Manning brother, right? So, but it's, 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 it's a different animal. It's a different situation when you're, especially quarterback to me. I, I think the quarterback position is uh, the most important position in all of sport. 
you can argue point guard, you could argue center, you could argue goalie, you can ar- argue ace pitcher, you can argue closing closer in Major League Baseball. You, you can argue a lot of things. Um, but I will again say that I think the starting quarterback position is the most important position and the most difficult position to play in all of sport. So uh, to answer your question, very long-winded, Bob, I'm sorry. I hear nothing but outstanding things about Daniel Jones and who he is as a human definitely was a huge part as to why the Giants uh, drafted him as early as they did. I just shared with you some nuggets in regard to the Giants game. Hopefully you took notes because I think they're, they're good uh, little nuggets that you can share with uh, your, your guys or your gals while you're watching the game. Here are some with the Jets. The Jets getting two and a half, three in some places. Some people feel that the line's going to jump up to three and a half. Heck, a lot, a lot of analysts are saying take the Jets on the money line. The over-under is at 46. The Jets have scored on 43% of their possessions the past two weeks, uh, which prior to that, their eight games prior to that was 13%. Can we marinate in that for a second? Just how just how much better the Jets have been the past two weeks scoring on 43% of their possessions where prior to that was 13 And And the reason I share this with you is, again, I think the New England Patriots are pretenders and not contenders. We sit here and we talk about this defense being the best defense in the NFL. Who did they play? Who did they play? And now we're seeing, now we're seeing them struggle. Why? Because they're playing better teams. They're playing real quarterbacks. Real quarterbacks. So, I, the same holds true with this Jets team, right? Horrible, only scoring on 13% of your possessions the first eight weeks of the season. Why? They were playing good teams, good defenses. Now scoring 43%. Why? Because they've been playing crap teams. Oakland is allowing 28 passing yards per drive, 30th in the NFL. The Jets are 31st in rushing yards per drive ahead of only Miami. The Jets are allowing six rushing yards per possession, fewest in the NFL. It's going to be a tough day for Josh Jacobs. We had Cynthia Freeland on earlier. She said a lot of this game, win or win or, lo- or lose, is going to be dictated on how the Jets stop Josh Jacobs, rookie Josh Jacobs. Love me some Jamison Crowder with Sam Darnold under center. Uh, Crowder is getting a 25% target share and has uh, and has found the end zone um, each of the past three games for the Jets. Huge. Le'Veon Bell against this Oakland Raiders rushing defense. They've allowed 182 and 149 rushing yards from scrimmage to the Chargers in the Bengals' backfield the past two weeks. That is a lot. We had a caller not too long ago called, asked about Darren Waller. Um, he got up to seven targets last week even though his uh, his target share has dropped the previous two weeks. Jets are eighth in receptions allowed per game to tight ends, but have faced just one top 12 scoring tight end on the season. That was Zach Ertz. What did Zach Ertz do against the Jets? Five receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Derek Carr. I was in a conundrum, guys, heading into Thursday night's game. Was I going to go... Was I going to go Derek Carr against the Jets? Or was I going to go Jacoby Brissett against the Texans? What do you think I did, Kyrie? Who do you think I went with? I think you went Jacoby all all day. I did not. And thank God I did not. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. Right? Thank God I did not. But Jets fans don't want to hear this. Um, In in order for me to... uh, Win my fantasy football matchup. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need Carr to have a big game against the Jets. Um, here's the thing: the Jets have not done well 
against Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins. I, I think we can sit here and argue that, that, that Carr is a step above all those quarterbacks. So I do expect Carr to have a good game. Sam Darnold, Oakland is 28th in passing points allowed and has allowed multiple touchdown passes to seven different passers this season. I think both Sam Darnold and Derek Carr should have a big game. Again, Cynthia Freeland on not too long ago. She said she's expecting Hunter Renfro to score a touchdown. Also, another guy you want to keep an eye on is Ryan Griffin. Four touchdowns while coming off his first 100-yard game. Can you imagine if Chris Herndon was active and attractive this season? If Griffin is putting up these kind of numbers, could you imagine what what Chris Herndon could have done? Gosh, that just gets into my crawl. Really does. I was expecting big things from Herndon this year. Hopefully next year. Anyway, uh, Joe, Jordan, Danny, Tom, hang tight. Hopefully those little nuggets... Giants, Jets, Nuggets uh, will uh, will not only help you in deciding what to do fantasy-wise for both these players and both these teams, but maybe how to spend your hard-earned money at BetMGM if you want to put some money on these games. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.